Thank you, Brother Darren. Let's give it up for our worship team this morning. They do a great job. Just want y'all to know we, we've sent Pastor Lee out as a missionary today. He's preaching at another church this morning on Pentecost, so we're really excited for him. And uh, we got to pray for him this morning. He came in and made sure everything was good here and then went to preach uh, at another United Methodist Church here in, in town. And so, uh, so we're excited about him. And just say a little prayer for Pastor Lee this morning as he brings the word. And uh, I'm always grateful for your prayers as, as we come to this, this time in the service. Uh, I want to start this morning by sharing something with you. Uh, it, it's a, a little video of, of a TED Talk. Y'all know what TED Talks are? Uh, good, good. They're these uh, little snippets. These folks get up and speak on something that's usually uh, near and dear to their hearts. And, and the goal of it is that we would, you know, learn something and experience something that maybe we hadn't before. So I want to start this morning by sharing with you this little brief uh, TED Talk. It's called How to Start a Movement. And uh, it's a little different, so just kind of bear with it. But we're gonna we're gonna go go with it this morning, and I promise you, it's got a point. Uh, but I want to share this with you. The first time I heard this particular TED talk, it was a few years ago, and and it might have been the first time uh, that I said that'll preach, uh, because it, it's it's so powerful. The speaker says some things that I think are especially uh, profound and relevant uh, for us as Christians and as the church, especially on. On a special day like today, um, the day of Pentecost. So, so watch this and, and listen and, 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 and learn with me. So ladies and gentlemen, at TED we talk a lot about leadership and how to make a movement. So let's watch a movement happen start to finish in under three minutes and dissect some lessons from it. First, of course you know, a leader needs the guts to stand out and be ridiculed. <laughs> But what he's doing is so easy to follow. So here's his first follower with a crucial role. He's going to show everyone else how to follow. Now notice that the leader embraces him as an equal. So now it's not about the leader anymore. It's about them, plural. Now there he is calling to his friends. Now if you notice that the first follower is actually an underestimated form of leadership in itself. It takes guts to stand out like that. The first follower is what transforms a lone nut into a leader. <laughs> And here comes a second follower. Now it's not a lone nut, it's not two nuts. Three is a crowd and a crowd is news. So a movement must be public. It's important to show not just the leader, but the followers. Because you find that new followers emulate the followers, not the leader. Now here come two more people and immediately after, three more people. Now we've got momentum. This is the tipping point. Now we've got a movement. <laughs> so. Notice that as more people join in, it's less risky. So those that were sitting on the fence before now have no reason not to. They won't stand out, they won't be ridiculed, but they will be part of the in-crowd if they hurry. So, <laughs> over the next minute, you'll see all of the, uh, those that prefer to stick with the crowd because eventually they would be ridiculed for not joining in. And that's how you make a movement. But let's recap some lessons from this. So first, if you are the type, like the shirtless dancing guy, that is standing alone, remember the importance of nurturing your first few followers as equals. So it's clearly about the movement, not you. <laughs> okay, but we might have missed the real lesson here. The biggest lesson, if you noticed, did you catch it? Is that leadership is over-glorified. That yes, it was the shirtless guy was first, and he'll get all the credit. But it was really the first follower that transformed the lone nut into a leader. 
So as we're told that we should all be leaders, that would be really ineffective. If you really care about starting a movement, have the courage to follow and show others how to follow. And when you find a lone nut doing something great, have the guts to be the first one to stand up and join in. And what a perfect place to do that, Ted. Thanks. <laughs> right. Bet you weren't expecting to see that today in church, huh? <laughs> well, I just had to share it with you because I think there's some great principles for us today as we, we come to a close in this series talking about the domino effect, this movement that's taking place. And, and what I loved about what he said was he said, watch a movement start in under three minutes and let's dissect some lessons. And some of the lessons that he shared were these. Uh, it's all about this idea of the first follower. He says, being a first follower is an underappreciated form of leadership. If the leader is the flint, the first follower is the spark that really makes the fire. And finally, he says, if you really care about starting a movement, have the courage to follow and show others how to follow. Isn't that a great picture, if you think about it, a connection to, to what it means to be followers of Jesus Christ, what it means to be the church? Uh, I want you to think about how, how the, that video and these lessons connect to our understanding of what happened over 2,000 years ago on the day of Pentecost, uh, when the movement began, when the Spirit moved in and through God's people. And, and it happens all the time as the Spirit continues to move in and through God's people. That's what I want us to focus on today on this day of, of Pentecost. It's a, it's a special day in the, in the life of the church. It's a day where we celebrate a couple of things. We celebrate, number one, the coming of the Holy Spirit, and number two, what we call the birthday of the church. Uh, this is where the movement uh, really uh, took on a whole new uh, meaning, where it began to spread like wildfire. So what I want to focus on specifically today is what I want to call the domino effect of the first follower. Uh, we all know the power of Pentecost uh, was and is the power of the Holy Spirit. But if we could take that a step further today, I want us to look at and consider specifically the Holy Spirit working in and through those first followers of Jesus Christ and how the Holy Spirit continues to work through us as, as followers of Jesus Christ. Uh, see, if you think about it, there, there are lots of connections here, right? Jesus was, was the leader of a movement, right? What we now call Christianity. And, and people thought he was a little crazy, right? And they thought his first followers were a little crazy. And here we are 2,000 years later, and people still think we're a little crazy when we decide to stand up and follow Jesus, don't they? Uh, so here's the challenge for us today. Because God is still moving in our midst, because the Holy Spirit is is still working and enabling us to speak with power and authority so that others might hear the good news of God's grace. Here's the challenge that I want to throw out today right here at the very beginning. When Jesus is calling and the Holy Spirit is moving, we as the first followers of Christ need to have the guts to be the first person to stand up and join in, to follow and to show others how to follow. Amen? You with me? All right. Uh, I think this is a great way to end our series. So today's the, the sixth and final week of this conversation that we've been having called The Domino Effect. And it's all about uh, the power of the gospel uh, to transform not just our lives, but our relationships and our communities and our churches and even the world. Uh, we've been talking about how this movement of the gospel spread like wildfire. And, and the way that it spread was just like those dominoes. It spread from person to person, uh, community to community, generation 
to generation, from, from that day to this day, the dominoes have been falling and they continue to follow. So, so I was really excited about ending this series to, on Pentecost Sunday today because I don't think that there's a more powerful example. There's not greater evidence of this idea of the domino effect than what we find in the story I'm gonna read for you in Acts chapter two. So, so I want you to hear this God's word for us today and, and kind of keep that little video, that little idea of a movement uh, in the back of your head as you hear this, this story unfold today. Acts chapter two, starting at verse one. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Then suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now there were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, the crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all these speaking Galileans? How then is it that each of us hears them in our native tongue? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they said, they asked one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said, they have had too much wine. <laughs> I always think that's a funny part of the story. That's probably exactly what you thought, actually, when you saw that video of the shirtless dancing guy, right? <laughs> He's had too much wine. And I don't know, that may be the case for him, but, but in the case of the disciples, uh, they, were, they were filled, but not with those kind of spirits, right? They were filled with the Holy Spirit. And, and it was the perfect time and the perfect place, right? There was this gathering of, of, of people to worship God. It was, a, it was a gathering that made that concert we just saw look like a small, intimate gathering. When I think about all the people that were there, what, what comes to mind for me is like, Bonnaroo, minus all the bad stuff, right? People had come from all over the place uh, to worship God. And so there were people from all over. Did you hear that list of names that I read for you today? This two weeks in a row, I just noticed that I've had to read some pretty uh, uh, difficult names of, of places and, and, and people. If you weren't here last week, I, I read a bunch of uh, names and places that were difficult last week, and I shared with you one of my seminary professors used to always say, when you got to read names and places in the Bible, he said, the key is confidence, because nobody else knows how to pronounce them either. And, uh, oh, I, I got to tell you this, too. This is funny. Um, I, I did a little work out in the yard last week, and I, I kind of pulled some muscles in my back, and so... Um, so right before I came up here to preach last week, I was standing over there and I was kind of doing this and I was stretching out and doing, and then somebody came up to me after the service and they said, hey, when I saw you over there stretching, I said, watch out, Pastor Trey's really about to bring it. He's stretching before his sermon this week. He said, but he said, now I know you had to lift all those heavy words, so I know why you're stretching out. Anyways, where was I? <laughs> I got, I got distracted. 
Yes, there's people all, from all over the place, right? They come from, from every corner of the world uh, to worship God and to offer sacrifices to God. So this, this was the perfect place for God to, to start this movement, right? He shows up in a way that no one expected and, and no one quite knew what to make of it, right? They were probably looking at the disciples like, like the crowd was looking at the, the shirtless dancing guy and, and the first followers. And, and so that's when something incredible happens. That's when... Uh, God creates this uh, domino effect for the ages. What happens next in the story, it, it so profoundly illustrates this, this idea of the power of the first follower. See, see, someone in particular sees God moving, sees the Holy Spirit moving in a powerful way, and this person has the guts to stand up and join in, to stand up and follow and invite others to follow as well. Believe it or not, it's our old friend Peter, the disciple, right? Peter, who is notorious for, for making mistakes, and even towards the end of the story, right, Peter kind of sits it out. He, he goes and sits down during all those uh, events of Jesus' crucifixion and all those things. So he kind of was out of the game, in a sense. And so after Peter was restored, I, that's why I love what, what's read next in, in verse 14. I love what it says. It says, Peter stood up. This was the moment that that God had called Peter to. And it says, Peter stood up with the 11, those other first followers, and he raises his voice and he addresses the crowd and he says, fellow Jews, all you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people aren't drunk as you suppose, for it's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. And, and, and Peter begins to preach this sermon. Uh, this powerful message about the resurrection and about repentance. He, uh, I'm not going to read it all to you today because uh, you're already having to listen to one sermon. I'm not going to make you listen to two. But what I did was I put the, the sermon in the daily reading. So I'd love for you to go back and read this sermon this week. It's so powerful and you're going to be blessed. But, but all, what I want you to know about the sermon is that, that Peter points to the power of God being poured out on the people of God. That's what the, the prophet Joel uh, prophesied. And this is the fulfillment of of, of this prophecy. He preaches Christ crucified and the fulfillment of all of God's promises. And what you need to know here today is, is how Peter's faithfulness as a first follower of Jesus Christ and his message of God's power and provision creates what I, what I want to call the domino effect of Pentecost. When, when Peter got done preaching that day, when he stood up and, and pointed to what Christ had done and what Christ was inviting us to do, the dominoes start to fall. The Bible says it like this. When, when, Peter, when, when the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and they said to Peter and the apostles, brothers, what shall we do? And so Peter replied, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the Holy Spirit. So it starts with the disciples, these first followers of Jesus. And he says, and then he's inviting them to be a part of this as well as the dominoes start to fall. He says, you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. You see the ripple effect, the domino effect that's, that's starting here? With many other words, he warned them and he pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. 
Now, this is powerful, not, not just because of the number, but it's powerful because of the impact. See, beginning, this was the beginning of the church because the gospel started to spread from here because everybody that was gathered in Jerusalem went back to their homes filled with the Holy Spirit. And they told people about what would happen. They were witnesses, just like Jesus said in, in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the very ends of the earth. Not only did they tell them about what happened and the difference that that Pentecost had made in their lives, but they actually began to live differently once they went back home, filled with the Holy Spirit because of the gospel of Jesus Christ. They, they had the courage. They were given the courage to follow and to show others how to follow. As the video says, now they have momentum. And because of their faithfulness, because of the faithfulness of these first followers of Jesus in their communities of faith, the flint of their faith in Christ became the spark that made the gospel spread like wildfire throughout the known world. It's why we know the gospel today, right? It went from 3,000 to thousands to millions to billions now because of the domino effect of Pentecost. Because the Holy Spirit moved. That's the, that's the important thing we need to remember, right? It was the first followers of Jesus that, that the Holy Spirit moved through, but the Holy Spirit is the one that makes it happen. Uh, we know that for fire to spread, there has to be air. There has to be a wind, right? If there's no wind, the fire dies out. So what this is really about, what the message of Pentecost is really about, is about the fresh wind of the Holy Spirit filling our souls as Christ followers and filling our sails as a fellowship. And I wanna, I wanna stress that this morning, that it's not just what we do, it's what the Holy Spirit does in us and through us. And I wanna make sure that I make that distinction because I know that there are many of you here today that are probably thinking, that's not me. I could never do that. I'm, I'm, not a, I'm not a speaker. I'm not a leader. God could never do that, right? Well, I wanna remind you what the video said. It says leadership is over-glorified. It's really about being a follower. It's about being a follower of Christ and allowing the Holy Spirit to move in us and through us. All we have to do is have the guts to follow and invite others to follow as well. Amen? So I wanna leave you with this today. The challenge I wanna leave with you today is this. Now, now we've gathered together in this place for worship, right? It's time for us to go back to our places, back to our homes, back to work, back to our friends and our family, back to our everyday life. It's time for us to go and spread the good news of God's grace, to tell people about the difference that the domino effect of Pentecost has made and is making in our lives. But but not to just tell people about it, right? It's actually for us to go and live differently because of it, to have the guts to stand up and stand out, to have the guts to be different, to have the guts to start a movement, to have the guts to be the first followers of Jesus Christ in the places and to the people that Christ has called us to go. So my challenge to you and to me and to us this morning is to stand up, Stand up and speak the truth, even, even when it's unpopular. To stand out and show love when everyone else is spewing hate. To be different 
whether it's online or at work or at the baseball fields or wherever you are. Even when, when our kingdom values are different than the values of our culture. Start a movement of kindness and generosity in a world of selfishness and scarcity. What would that look like for you this week? What's, what's one little thing that you could do this week with the presence and power of the Holy Spirit, how it might just have a, a Pentecost-sized impact on those around you? Are you ready? Remember the video. Picture, except instead, picture Jesus calling you over to join him, inviting you to start this movement in your own life. All you have to do is stand up and follow and invite others to follow as well. I promise if you'll do that, I, I believe, I truly believe that you will see the domino effect of Pentecost begin to unfold in and through your life right before your very eyes. And I believe that because that's exactly how the movement started on Pentecost. And I'm convinced that that's how it's gonna start again with ordinary people just like you and me right here, right now, the first followers of Jesus. Are you ready? Let's go. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for this message uh, that reminds us, Lord, that the power uh, that you have, Lord, the power of your Holy Spirit uh, to move in our lives and through our lives and the impact they can have on the lives of those around us. Lord, we believe that uh, your spirit is still moving, that, that Jesus is still calling us to follow him and to show others how to follow. Lord, help us to, to live differently in light, of, in light of the resurrection so that our lives might bear fruit for your kingdom. Uh, Lord, I pray that you would remove any obstacles and any uh, any doubts that we might have that you can use us, that you can move in our lives and through our lives and help us to just, Lord, fill us with your grace and fill us with your courage that we might have the guts to stand up and to stand out in the name of Jesus. Lord, we love you and we thank you and I pray all this in the mighty, powerful, wonderful, beautiful name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, in the power of the Holy Spirit and all of God's people said, amen. Amen. Uh, the worship team is going to lead us in one more uh, song this morning. Oh, you know what? I almost forgot to, to do communion. That would have been bad. <laughs> My goodness. All right. Um, the spirit was just moving and I was getting excited. Um, but uh, worship team, if y'all want to go ahead and start playing behind us, that'd be great. Um, we're going we're gonna to be reminded this morning of of what the Holy Spirit points us to, what the Holy Spirit reminds us of, even when we forget uh, that what it's all about is Christ and his sacrifice for us, this gift of grace that's ours in Jesus. And so today, as we come to the table of Holy Communion, this is not my table. It's not Fellowship's table. It's not a United Methodist table. It is Christ's table. And we are all invited by Christ all who seek to live in peace with God and one another. Regardless of, of what's happened in our lives, we're invited to come. God's grace makes us welcome. And so I invite you to come today. And as we come, we, we come 
to God's throne of grace with confidence and we confess our sins to God. So let's, let's pray together. God, we come to your table today and we do confess that, that it is only by your grace that we can come. We confess, Lord, that we have fallen short of your glory, that we have broken your law. We've not done your will. We've, we've not been an obedient church. We've, we've not heard the cries of the needy. We've done things we wish we hadn't and we've not done things we wish we had. And so, Lord, we come today in need of grace and forgiveness. We ask your forgiveness. And God, we thank you for the promise of your word that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us, that that proves your love for us, that in the name of Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. So thanks be to you, God, that we can come and feast at your table. Set us free for joyful obedience through Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. On the night that Jesus gave himself up for us, he took bread and he broke the bread and he gave it to his disciples and he said, take and eat, this is my body that's broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And when the supper was over, he took the cup and he gave thanks to God and he gave it to his disciples and he said, drink from this all of you. This is my blood poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins, the blood of the new covenant. As often as you do this, do it in remembrance of me. And so we come today to participate in this holy meal and to remember this holy mystery that Christ has died, Christ is risen, and Christ will come again. God, we pray that you would pour out your Holy Spirit on these gifts of bread and juice, that you would make them be for us the body and blood of Christ so that we might be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by your blood by your Holy Spirit. Make us one with Christ and one with each other and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. All honor and glory is yours, almighty God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. And so now I wanna invite you to join me as we participate in this holy meal. If you'll take the, the kits that you have, if you'll take that, first layer there and as you take the bread would you hear these words the body of Christ broken for you and as you drink the juice would you hear these words the blood of Christ shed for you thanks be to God As we continue in the spirit of worship, uh, the worship team's gonna lead us in one more song. And as they do, uh, these altars are open. If you'd like to come and pray, you're invited to come and pray. If you'd like somebody to pray with you, I'd love to pray with you. Uh, if you've got any questions about a relationship with Christ or this church, I'd be glad to, to talk with you about that. You may just wanna stay in your seats and pray, or um, you may just wanna sing or listen to these words and be reminded of God's amazing grace and love for you. The invitation is always with just the last few minutes that we have in the service to just allow God to speak to your heart and, and respond to whatever God is, is moving in you. Uh, so would you stand as we sing?